previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Things just move differently on this show. Mm -hmm. And it's a strength for them, honestly. It is. I have to bring up him in those overalls, Amy. Oh my god. Because I've never been attracted to a man in overalls. But Jackson... I've never and still have not. Uh, I mean, I don't ideally want him in that outfit, but I still think he's really cute. He's probably making this phone call while he's staring at himself in the mirror. Ew. everyone this is amy and this is elise and you are listening to growing up gilmore we are on season one episode five cinnamon's wake elise could you tell us a little bit about the writer and director for this episode sure we got the director is michael kettleman he is known for works of quantum leap beverly hills 90210 and he did six episodes of northern exposure okay one episode of Dawson's Creek, three episodes of Smallville. I loved Smallville. Mm-hmm. Home to Allison Mack. <laughs> Seven episodes of Gilmore Girls, including one of your favorite episodes. Really? Which one? That damn Donna Reed. <gasps> I love that episode. I know you do. So the writer is Dan Palladino, which is good because I feel like we have not explored him enough. No, I'm so excited. Um, this is Amy's husband. He wrote 10 episodes of Who's the Boss. Really? Yeah. Funny. And that was like my show as a kid. Oh my gosh. Like everyone else was watching like uh, Full House. No. no. I I didn't watch Full House. Me either. Crazy because your last name's Tanner. I know. Um, But Who's the Boss? I was into. Mine Uh, was Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Yeah, I did Brady (laughs) Bunch too, actually. Yeah. Uh, But that's funny, because he wrote quite a bit for them. Uh, So, one episode of Cheers. I loved Cheers, too. Nick at Night was my jam. Yeah. 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 Cheers is so good. He also wrote on Roseanne, like Amy. Okay. He did three episodes of Roseanne. Two episodes of Family Guy. Okay. And then he did write 44 episodes of Gilmore Girls. 44. Okay. Uh-huh. And then two episodes of A Year in the Life of oh, Gilmore Girls. Okay. He did Spring and Summer. And then uh, his most recent work is writing 16 episodes of The Marvelous Miss Hazel with Amy again. Okay. All right. Yeah. I will say I love this episode. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with his writing. I think so, too. He, It's very homey. Yes. It's homey. But so funny. Mm-hmm. So funny. I'm so excited. Okay. Yeah. Cinnamon's Wake opens up with uh, Friday Night Dinner. Richard is missing. Lorelai asks where he is. He is in Germany on a business trip. And Lorelai makes a joke about him insuring Nazis. We talked at length about how we want to approach this because, yes, she's making a joke. And at the time when this episode came out, things were not as politically correct in society Mm. as they are now. And even in talking about it, we said, well, we want to acknowledge that Amy Sherman Palladino has said it's hard to make jokes about anything nowadays. Mm. It's ruining comedy. It's ruining comedy. 
But at the same time, we feel there are topics that should be off limits even now. Yeah, I I personally don't think a Nazi joke is ever funny. No. It's just not. I don't think so either. But I do agree. I think things have become to a point we cannot laugh at anything. Mm -hmm. And that also teaches a new generation of people. There's like a balance to it because, yes, Yes. it's good to be self-aware and not to bully and hurt other people's feelings. But we also should be able to laugh at ourselves. Yes, I agree. So after Lorelai makes her joke, Emily then says, oh, but there was that one really nice Nazi man that we stayed with in Munich and he had such interesting stories and Lorelai says that's heinous that you fraternized with a no Nazi and Emily says no dear that was a joke on one hand it's really funny to see Emily making a joke because she is not one to make jokes Mm -hmm. on the other hand can we stop making jokes about Nazis yeah Like, that's this whole opening. It's just, like, the Nazi jokes. And we didn't want to, like, start the podcast... On a negative note. Right. It literally is how the show is starting. Exactly. And so, like, we we have to address it. Yeah, we don't want to just brush past it. Yep. And and the show is of its time. Yeah. It is a different time. And that's like with any TV shows you watch, especially from the 90s. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's cringy. And there is a lot of problematic stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But we have to address it. I think it's important to talk about it because we are two women that are trying to be more self-aware, even in our own lives, Mm -hmm. about like things that we say Mm -hmm. or we catch ourselves saying something and we're like, please don't hate me for saying that. Yeah. You know what my intention is. Mm -hmm. We know what the intention is here to show that Emily can be funny too, that they're starting to have this good rapport with one another, but it comes at a cost when you rewatch it now Mm -hmm. because that is not funny. No, it isn't. I did not laugh at all but at this. In balance, they also talk about this woman, Claudia, dying. Mm-hmm. And Emily is trying to explain how they know Claudia and that she needs them to go with her to the funeral. And Lorelai says, I don't even know who that is. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this time. And Emily has her little quip of, I don't think Claudia plans to die a second time. That could have been our introduction to her being funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yes. We don't need to go that far into it. But we also have to remember this is a different writer. So maybe Mm -hmm. Dan does have a darker sense of humor than Amy would. I don't know that for certain, but I'm just speculating at this point. But that's how our episode opens. And it's fun to see the three of them sitting and having this time together. I think Emily at this point, if you are watching for the first time, this is kind of the first time she looks like human to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And by the next episode is when I really started to love Emily. So we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Mm -hmm. Slowly but surely. Just like the show. (laughs) Yes, exactly. After the theme, we are brought to the Gilmore residence. And 
It is established that there is a very important bake sale happening today at Chilton. Rory is clearly very worried about what her mother... Baking? Baking, yeah. I would be too. She even says, (laughs) you know what has to be homemade, right? Uh, Yeah, no. So uh, they're getting ready to go. Lorelai tells her to turn off the music. And as she is going into her room, she says, that's not me. And cue Lane skanking to Rancid in Rory's bedroom. I love it. (laughs) And she's supposed to be on a bench thinking about the two Koreas. Yeah. Yeah. Skanking, not involved. (laughs) Not so hyper. How? How is she so hyper? I don't know. I just, (laughs) I love her so much. Me too. So as they are leaving, Lane runs off to go to school and Maury and Babette are walking by. They have a little wagon with like this cute little canopy in the back with cinnamon inside. And Babette says that Maury made it because cinnamon's not walking so good these days. I just love seeing them every time. And I I will say that I love them every time I see them and I do not care. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon's a cat, by the way. Do we establish that? No, we did not. Thank you for <laughs> establishing that. I just assume people know that cinnamon yeah. is a cat. Yeah. Um but no, I love them too. And like speaking on Maury, he's not wearing sunglasses here. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching this episode with my husband, we were like, why isn't he wearing his sunglasses? And I came up with this ridiculous theory that has now been proven wrong as we watch the next episode uh that he wears the sunglasses now that he's like mourning cinnamon but in the next episode he's not wearing sunglasses either so that theory is it's been debunked already yeah shaky but but that's okay so we established that cinnamon is very important to them to the point where they make a wagon to pull cinnamon around town and Rory says, our town just got a little weirder. And Lorelai says, good. She likes it that way. Yeah. And it's funny because in that wagon or that carriage, the baby carriage almost for cinnamon, isn't there like a dish full of like raspberries in there? Something. Yeah. I'm like, what cat is eating raspberries? Well, and they have like a little canopy in the back. She says, this is for cinnamon's private time. <laughs> he sometimes he likes to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh my God. I just love it. I love her so much. As I'm wearing my Babette ate oatmeal shirt today, too. They're so fun because she's such a shorty. And he is so tall. Yeah, and it always works out like that. It seems like really tall guys are with really short girls. Yeah, it's just so genuinely sweet to see people who, like, their love is just apparent whenever they enter the room. Yeah, because what is he... He has that, he says the Italian term. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a stroll or whatever. And she's like, ah, oh, it's so sexy when he says it. And then he like starts <laughs> he's blushing. He's like, pass it a gene or yeah. something like that. Yeah. She's like, oh, God. And then she's like, I love a man who blushes as they like walk <laughs> away. <laughs> Do not judge our bad, bad voices. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we're left with the two of them walking home. They Divide and conquer. Rory says, I'll see you at Chilton. Lorelai says, what for? And she goes, the bake sale. And she goes, ooh, I got the vein in the forehead that time, Lorelai. And Rory says, you're a sadist, and walks away. We are now with Rory at the bus stop. She's reading, of course. 
gets on the bus, and lo and behold, Dean sees her getting on the bus and decides, you know what, I'm going to get on the bus too. Mm -hmm. He sits right behind her, scares her, and talks to her about the book that she's reading. And Dean getting on the bus when I was younger, thought, oh, how cute. He he really likes her. Like, he's making an effort. Me, as a 33-year-old woman, thinks, what a creep. <laughs> Do not follow me. Like, yeah. this is not healthy behavior. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Or just say, like, oh, I saw you earlier, but you were busy reading your book, so I didn't want to bother you. Maybe because he's 16. I hope he's not doing that stuff still in his 30s, but... Yeah, well, we'll get into that. Because <laughs> we do see him in his 30s in a year in the life. Yeah. But very shortly. But he seemed pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Um, I have this thing with... Don't get me wrong, I hate his... I hate him with my, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I know, I was like, wow, she's like kind of going easy on him. But, yeah, no, he, him following her on the bus is so annoying. And so, he's acting so cocky. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what my problem with Dean has always been, is that he's so cocky and so, like, he just, one of those people who's just like, oh, I like you, so you're supposed to be mine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about him, but I will say I do like, at the end of the scene when he says goodbye, Lorelai Gilmore. Mm, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it shows that I know who you are and I like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also Especially think... contrast to Tristan who's calling her Mary. Well, exactly. It's a huge contrast to that. But overall, not a huge Dean fan. I loved Dean when I first watched this show. Did you? Yes. You but, did? But listen. Okay, please explain. I didn't know about season two yet. Okay, okay. And also, I like I am someone who did not have a serious boyfriend until I was like older than Rory. So Okay. From that perspective, like, my relationships were all from, like, books and movies and Uh whatever. So, for her, it's like, this person is giving me attention, and I like it, but what does it mean? It's kind of like that elementary thing where it's like, well, if they make fun of you, they like you. Mm -hmm. Or if they're bothering you, it's because they like you. Mm -hmm. And Tristan does that, and it doesn't pay off, but Dean giving her a hard time does pay off. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to watch um, Rory interact with him because she does like him, but she is so nervous mm-hmm. to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And we see Lorelai where she likes a guy and she's right in the game. Right. Also, she's an older woman. But could you picture Lorelai being Rory's age and not being able to flirt because I feel like she was flirting. No, uh, in high she school. was pregnant at sixteen. Oh yeah, you're right. So she knew that's the premise flirt. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, I think she's just naturally a flirty person. But I think you asked before you, um, in the first episode, do you think that Rory doesn't know that she's flirting? Yeah, she's not if she's not self aware. 
Yeah. Of it. I don't think so. I don't, especially this first season. Yeah. No. She figures it out, though. She's, I don't know. We'll have to get more into it because I. she's not like Lorelai in the sense where she just likes to flirt with right. everyone. It's more of like, if I like you, I'll flirt with you. Yep, exactly. All right. We are at the Independence Inn and we get a little filler scene of Michelle talking to a group of men that are clearly French and he tells them I am I am not French I am a simple country boy from Texas and then him walking away Lorelai correcting him telling him he needs to entertain these people this is part of his job and he says fine but I will be French but I will not be happy and she says okay what's different than the usual. He goes over, talks with the men, and as he's like laughing, he does this. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> which was the title two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So I just enjoy that little. Honestly, it's a filler scene, but I love Michelle. Yeah, it's fine. If he he's filling a scene. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I would rather have him fill in a scene than Drella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. We'll just be thankful she's not here right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We have arrived to the Chilton Bake Sale. And Suki has quite the spread laid out before us with creme brulee. She lights her little torch to do the creme brulee and sets the table on fire. fire. (laughs) Because, of course... And Lorelai puts it out with lemonade from the stand next to her. And we get to see this great moment of her interacting with her peers again. I wouldn't even say those women are her yeah, peers, Yeah, they're though. older. Mm-hmm. But probably her mother's but peers. But peers in a sense that the kind of her peers because she's a mom there, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So in a way, yeah, I mean. Right. It so is. this got me to thinking, what do you think... Lorelai would have brought to the bake sale if she didn't have Suki. She would have just bought something at the store and put it on a plate. Like Oreos. That's what I put. Oreos. She would do Oreos. <laughs> 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 like, I can't even imagine that. So, as they are getting things ready, Max Medina approaches the table and... There, there's this thing where she says, oh, hi, Mr. Medina. And he goes, you can call me Max. Mr. Medina, Max. Mr. Medina, Max. And Suki says, oh, what's your name again? You know, she's yeah. aware that there's, like, some kind of thing going on yeah, here. Yeah, she's like, you've told me him, his name, like, a million times now. Right. His last name. And for me, that already comes off very pushy. If she doesn't want to call you Max... Yeah. She doesn't need to. Yeah. And he asks to borrow Lorelai for a second. She says, fine. They go off and talk. And this is really where I start to get the ick vibe from him. Mm-hmm. He says, the ice needs to melt. I really care about Rory, but I would like to see you sometime. And she says, I don't know about that. You're Rory's teacher. There has to be... 
rules. The headmaster probably frowns upon teachers dating parents. And he says that there's nowhere in the handbook that says teachers can't date parents. And I find that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But whatever. And, like, he starts off that whole conversation with, you know, I'm sorry I had to go come hard down on uh, Rory for, you know, I'm not allowing her to take the test. But if I had to redo it, I would do it the same way. Well, we got to set rules. Yeah, like, you're not her dad. It's like, okay, she was five minutes late, and you still, like, don't... You know that this bothers the woman that you're interested in. Yeah, why are we bringing this up? Yeah, so it's kind of like, okay, but... So you're big qualm with, well, I gotta make sure that Rory doesn't take this test. Although she's a new student, and she got hit by a deer. She was five minutes late, and I don't want to impact this girl negatively. But you know what? I think I'm going to ask her mom out on a date. Yeah, after you just because, saw her mom, like, freak out. Yeah, because it's not in the Chilton handbook. Yeah. So that's where we, this is where we're doing our life lessons from, is a Chilton handbook. Right. Well, and it's like, he clearly knew that she was going to have a qualm with that, so he had to make sure that it wasn't going to be an issue. Like, he has a stack of responses for everything she says. And this is what gets me, is that it feels like he is pressuring her to go on a date with him. Mm -hmm. To the point where she can't say no. Yeah. And... She did say no. I think that... She does want to go out with him, I guess. I don't know why, Lorelai. I do not understand your taste in men half the time, but... She didn't want to go, Amy. Like, she said no. Did she really not want to go, or did she want to go, and then against her better judgment said... I think she went against her better judgment and said, I'll be at this coffee shop at this time. I can't say no if I see someone I know there. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Putting the ball in his court, knowing damn well he's going to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... It's like you're saying. He put too much pressure on her. I think that she was doing a quick judgment of somebody that you meet and you're, like, possibly interested in. But you do a quick overall judgment in your head and you're like, wait, what are the cons? What are the pros? Mm -hmm. Her cons outweighed it. So she was just like, no, because Mm -hmm. my daughter. But the situation that she set up, if she says to Rory, oh, I ran into Mr. Medina. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not technically lying. I don't like that. I don't either. I mean, yeah. we get we run into this because yeah. it does end up happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just Lorelai playing the game. Yeah. And working it to be in her favor. It's just weird because I I don't know. It's like I think like Lorelai is attracted to this like situation that she's not supposed to be dating him. Yeah. I think that's what she's attracted to. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because it's something her parents would be mad about. And she does this again with Jason way later. Mm, Yeah, you're right. And that's a whole other cluster of Mm -hmm. mess going on there. I mean, this is like a a constant thing. Mm -hmm. So it's... I think she likes 
the idea of dating Max and like teenager me would have loved to date Max. Ew, Amy, he's why? he's smart, he's well-read, whatever. Me now, I'm like, if I ever <laughs> had someone pressure me like that, I'd be like, leave me alone. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I question her judgment a lot here. Me too. I don't like it. I don't either. We join Lane and Rory walking down the streets of Stars Hollow, discussing Lane's potential future move to Philadelphia so she can hang out, hang out with M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, Rory asks her, if you could live anywhere in the world, where, we, where would you live? And she goes, Phil, she's like, Philadelphia? Why, why Philadelphia? But Rory doesn't know who M. Night Shyamalan is. I know. I feel like that's weird. It is weird. It's it, it's not consistent. Because The Sixth Sense is the movie that um, Lane references. I'm sorry. I feel like Lorelai and Rory would have seen that. Oh, yeah. So it's just a weird pop culture reference there. And she's like, well, what do you do in Philadelphia? She's like, I don't know. Have lunch with M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, what the... And I was like, this is so weird. How does Lane know who M. Night Shyamalan is and not Rory? I know. And, like, poor Lane, if she did move there, like, she sees the happening and she has to, like, move out of the country. Oh, my God, yeah. Don't even get me started <laughs> on that movie. Um, so then Rory sees Dean in the grocery store and she wants to go in and, t- and talk to him. But she doesn't want Lane to know that's what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, I have to pick up some things from the store, so you should probably go home. And Lane's like, I don't want to go home. And she's like, oh, well, home is okay, I guess. And then Lane's like, all right, well, I'll go home. And she's like, okay, see you later. And Lane's like, bye, freak. (laughs) Rory goes in. She starts spying on Dean from afar in the grocery store, walks up to Miss Patty, who's holding plums. And says, plums are better than sex. And Rory is just like, what? What? Yeah. And then she says, there's something so sensual about fruit. And she says, are you too young for this? And Rory goes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Patty. I'll always be too young to talk about this with you, lady. And Patty becomes aware why Rory is there. And she goes, oh, yes, that won't fit into a basket, will No, 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 no. She's, like, checking out Dean. Oh, completely. Her eyes do, like, the up-down thing. He's a teenager, Patty. She has no self-control whatsoever. Whatsoever. Not saying it's okay. No, it is. It's not okay. But that is Patty. Uh, She is then, as Rory walks away, approached by... Kirk with his, I believe this is his third job now, Mm -hmm. as the assistant manager of Dozie's Market. And he tells her that she needs to stop putting food in her mouth. And the next time he puts something, the next time she puts something in her her mouth, he's going to slap it out of her and like kick her out of the store. And call the police. Yeah, and call the police. Extreme. Yeah. But and she hits on Kirk too. She yeah. was like, "If you had a better haircut, I'd be 
climbing you. I don't know what she yeah. says, but like it's like, oh. And Kirk never gets a better haircut. That is his haircut yep. the entire time. So clearly he was like, I better not get a better haircut. <laughs> but I love Sean Gunn. Mm-hmm. He's so great for Kirk. Mm-hmm. But we get to see that little scene. Rory decides she's going to buy lettuce and a mouse trap. It rings up. She's like, well, I only have a dollar, so I'll just get the lettuce. And he's like, well, I could loan you the rest of the money. She's like, no, I'll just get the lettuce. And he's like, great, you can cut it in half, make a salad, and then attack the mouse with the other half of the lettuce. Dumb and, joke. Of course yeah. he makes a dumb joke. Yep, and she does not laugh at it no, or is nobody, faced by it at all. Nobody did. And then runs into him as he says, do you want paper or plastic? And she's like, I'm fine. And then she just leaves. Mm -hmm. We are now at the infamous coffee shop with Lorelai and Max. And as we are sitting here recording, the wind has decided to make an appearance. So if you hear any whooshing or whistling in the background it's just for the ambiance of the podcast i think <laughs> very stars hollow of the wind to just like immediately pick up as we are recording our episode but very sergio so yeah lorelei acts so shocked that max is there oh max nice to see you <laughs> and she's like let's cut the cute and get to the business and he says i think we should date Wastes no time, immediately goes in on the topic, the reason why they are there. You can see that he is ready to pressure her into a situation where he will not take no for an answer. Well, at this point, she's already given him encouragement because she set this up of why don't you coincidentally meet me at this coffee shop that I go to at 412 every day when mm-hmm. I go to, or when I go to my class. Mm-hmm. But still so playing she, hard to get. Yeah. But now it's like, he's like, well, well, you're obviously interested if you told mm-hmm. me to come here accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see them interact in a sense because he does keep up with her. He has like that quick wit, but I, you can't base a whole relationship on someone being able to keep up with you. Mm-hmm. And I think he sees that, but he also knows that he has to find a different angle because him being quit witted is not enough for Lorelai to say yes. Why can't he just take his time? You're going to see her. You're yeah, going to see know. her again. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's strange. But he just, he can't, everything boils down to him pressuring her. I think we should date. Mm -hmm. I think we could do dinner. And he's putting, in this scene and the last scene, he he puts his hand on her, like the elbow part of her, in her elbow. Yeah. He stops her from walking in the last scene that they interacted. And he grabs her by the that inner elbow area, which is a very intimate place, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. And then at this coffee shop, he does it again, and he just keeps his hand there. Mm-hmm. It's very, like... Well, and he almost 
judges her for protecting Rory, too. Mm-hmm. Because she says, Rory is my pal. She is my everything. I would never do something to jeopardize my relationship with Rory. And here you are putting pressure on me to do something that would jeopardize my relationship with her. Yeah. And I almost... Yeah, exactly. But it's like, do you think that this would have been executed better by a different actor? Like, how we discussed before that Max would be, like, played better by, like, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I think so. Because I just don't know if this... I don't... I'm sorry. I don't know this actor's name. Scott like Cohen. I, Scott, Scott Cohen. Okay. I feel like I'm hating on Scott real hard here, but I don't know. He doesn't do... He's... This is a heavy situation to, like, pressure her like this. And some yeah. people... Some actors can do that, and it's still charming. Right. No, I agree. And I think, like, when we were talking about this, it was, like... We were joking. They couldn't get Patrick Dempsey, so they had to get someone who kind of, if you squint your eyes, looks like Patrick Dempsey. I think I even called him, like, the Dollar General Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think part of my issue is that Scott Cohen is great. Don't get me wrong. But his eyes do not light up and match that same energy that Lauren Graham has Mm -hmm. with her acting. I don't think he meets her in the middle there. I feel like he relies more heavily on the words to him to develop his character than he does like the physicality or like how he looks at her or like the little things that he does. Because even when he makes the comment to the waitress, like, do you have any hemlock or arsenic back there? It comes off so awkwardly. Mm-hmm. There's not, like, a, a comfort in the character. Like, a char- there's a lack of charm. Right. <laughs> um, I think we talked about Patrick Dempsey because he does have such a charm mm-hmm. to his eyes and, like... He his... could match it with Lorelai. Absolutely, absolutely. And so... There's just something missing with Max Medina. I think it is with all her men besides Luke. And I wish that the show would have invested more time with more interesting men for her. I I think it comes down to the actors. Not that they're bad actors, but the chemistry is not there. No. Because it is fun with Rory as we go on in the seasons. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's some juicy choices that you're like, oh, it creates like a who's she going to be with? And, you know, I don't get that with Lorelai and I do not get that with Max. And I kind of wonder if that's at fault for the writing to introduce this idea of Lorelai and Luke so early on. Because if we're introducing the idea that Lorelai and Luke are already having that will they, won't they, I'm going to be wanting them to date and just be annoyed with her character every time she does not potentially go for Luke. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I That personally does not bother me. Okay. I think that, that that's fine, um, that that was introduced right away. I don't, but they needed, if they were going to do that, they needed to cast these other guys better 
and create something for the audience to be like, you know, I do like her a lot with Luke, but this guy, you know, Mm -hmm. imagine Patrick Dempsey and Luke fighting over Lorelai. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Right. Yeah. I don't root for Max at all in this. At all. No. I don't really root for any of them besides Luke. You kind of like Jason. Yeah. I like him the best out of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, something is missing here with Max, and it comes off pushy, mm-hmm. not charismatic. And I feel like Dan writing this probably did not intend for it to be pushy. He probably intended it to be Cutesy. charming. Yeah. Yep, charming, charismatic, just like Lorelai. And to me, it comes off as pushy and unattractive. Mm-hmm. But I think he realizes that it's not going well and decides to tell her this story about his uncle with the one that got away. And he's like, well, if I can't appeal to her this way, then I'll try to see if she has a romantic side to her. Mm -hmm. And she does. Mm -hmm. And she falls for the story Mm -hmm. and ends up giving him her card with her number. She says, maybe dinner is a good idea or not such a bad idea. Um, And... It basically ends with them agreeing to go on this date and he ends the conversation the same exact way Dean ended the conversation with Rory earlier where he says, goodbye, Lorelai Gilmore. So there's a parallel there Mm -hmm. between both of those relationships. And we see that Dean and Max both have this like very unsettling way of getting the Gilmore girls' attention. Mm-hmm. At least unsettling for us. Yeah. It's probably, it's not unsettling for everyone. <laughs> I understand. But I think Lorelai is having a lapse in judgment here. Mm-hmm. And she lets the feelings of something potential and new, something that is a little scary, win her over. Because she likes to take risks like that. Yeah. You don't get pregnant at 16 not taking risks. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see that come to fruition there. Yeah, I yeah, I think that she does like to take risks. Um and the whole doing something a little bit wrong. Mhm. Mhm. I think she likes that. And I that agree. stems from her teenage years of rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want this to go on any longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's so hard with Max. I, I do. I really get so mad at his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. We are back at our favorite place, Luke's diner with Suki and Lorelai enjoying their lunch together And there's this great moment where she's talking to Suki about Max. And she's like, oh, that sounds great. That sounds good. He's good looking. He sounds perfect for you. And Lorelai says, yeah, he's so nice. As Lorelai is talking about the situation, Suki finds herself behind the counter at Luke's and starts adding garnish to people's plates and this man open or this man had ordered 
the open-faced turkey sandwich, and she added lemon juice and cayenne pepper and says, you're going to plot when you eat it. So, Because, like, Luke is not there, though. He is gone in the kitchen. Yeah, he's off doing something. And it ends with Lorelai saying to Suki, and it'll be nice to, you know, and Suki's like, what? She goes, you know. And then she looks at the guy next to her. She's like, he knows. And he's like, I know. And ends with Luke saying, Suki, what have I said about being behind the counter? And we see him get all hot and bothered about her being behind the counter. And tells Lorelai, the next time you bring her in here, she better be on a leash. So clearly it's happened before. Mm-hmm. I don't think she can help herself, honestly. <laughs> no. But they continue their conversation, and we hear Lorelai say that she is concerned that Rory would get attached to him, and it would make things really hard if they did end up breaking up. Mm-hmm. So she's already years ahead of where the relationship is at this point, mm-hmm. and she does this a lot. Oh, overthinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you mentioned when she is talking to Suki about, you know, it will be nice, you know, if I did, you know, do some, you know, get together with Max that, you know, we will, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't, I love that they just can't, like, they're best friends, but they can't just say, like, get laid or have sex or something, you yeah. know. But I really think that is a lot of it. I think Lorelai just wants to. Have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably been a while for her, so... Yeah, well, and I think, too, she understands that her having fun in this situation will have a direct impact on Rory. Yeah. Where maybe in the past, it wouldn't have. But because this is someone that Rory already knows, that Rory has a good rapport with, I think that makes a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see... Lorelai still kind of processing things because as she started, she looked like so giddy and so excited to tell Suki. And dreamy too. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of it, it's almost like she's talked herself back down. Mm -hmm. And we end the scene with Rory running into the diner saying, mom, you need to come right now. It's cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Um, But also she had, Lorelai ordered, a, like, a cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, what do you think it means that she only put mustard on her cheeseburger? Did she only put mustard on it? Yes. Okay. Gross. That's supposed to be a joke, but... No, but it's gross. I know. Ew. Anyway, as we are now discussing food, I think this is a great way for us to segue into our recipe review for the week. Mm-hmm. So please enjoy. Every time we get a Luke's diner scene, I really want to eat whatever the people are eating. And this was the first time that we got to make something from Luke's diner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and something that Sookie put a little twist on, too. Mm. So for this episode, we made the open-faced turkey sandwich from Christy Carlson's cookbook, Eat Like a Gilmore. And she does add the cayenne pepper and lemon juice to mm-hmm. the gravy, just as um, Sookie had done for the gentleman who ordered it at the diner. 
And we did change it up slightly only because I could not eat two pieces of bread. Because we sometimes end up making multiple recipes in a day. And today we made four. Mm -hmm. And I could not stomach eating an entire sandwich. (laughs) So we just did the one slice of bread with the turkey and the mushrooms and the gravy. And it was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, The cayenne pepper was a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. Because usually when you think of Thanksgiving food, it's bland. Yeah. Or, like, overly salty. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't. Yeah, the cayenne kind of gave it a, a freshness. Um, it almost felt lighter. Than, mm-hmm. Because it, a piece of bread and gravy and turkey seems kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that helped. It, a, helped not having two pieces of bread with it. Um, but also the cayenne gave it more of a fresh. Yeah. And I do think the... The recipe calls for you to only toast one side of the bread. And I do think that made a big difference with the sogginess because I do not like soggy bread. But because only one side was toasted, it didn't like fall apart, if that makes sense. Um, I would say I'm not a huge sandwich person with like hot things because of that like soggy factor. But I would give this recipe, I think, like three and a half stars hollows. Yeah, I would. I well, I go about. I go about four. I think. Okay. I okay. did like the cayenne in there, but maybe a little less cayenne. But I did really like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love mushrooms, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I really wanted to be adventurous and make my own loaf of bread because I just went to a bread making class, but. We did not get that far today. (laughs) So maybe for the next sandwich, I can share a bread recipe too. But I would say three and a half for me. And four stars hollows for myself. Awesome. We arrive at Babette and Maury's and we find out the sad, devastating news that Cinnamon has passed away. And... Babette tells this horrifically hilarious story that she thought Cinnamon was still sleeping. She went to, like, nudge her, and she rolled off the couch. And because Babette had just waxed the floors, this poor cat goes flying across the living room and hits a lamp, and it falls over and breaks because you can see the lampshade laying there. And she goes, and that's when I knew... She was gone. <laughs> and you're like, you didn't realize it when you nudged her and she didn't wake it's up. It's like, how hard did you nudge her? I know. <laughs> that poor lady. But you can see they're so devastated. And Maury is so concerned because he's afraid it was the clams that they had at Al's Pancake World earlier in the episode that they referenced. And the vet goes, no, 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 it was not the clams. This cat in human years was 260 years old. (laughs) That's a long life, Lorelai says. And there's this really sweet moment with Rory sitting next to Maury. And we were just talking about how the way Max put his arm on the inner side of her, like, elbow, Mm -hmm. that area, how it seemed too intimate 
for them. Rory kind of does the same thing with Maury, but here it's very soft and like a gentle, like a comfort Mm -hmm. more. So it's a good juxtaposition from the previous scene. And he says, I'm never eating clams again. And she goes, I won't either. (laughs) And it's just so sweet. They're just the sweetest people. And we get to see how even though Cinnamon is a cat, Mm -hmm. Rory and Lorelai are so caring and compassionate for people that are important to them Mm -hmm. that they knew they needed to be there for their neighbors in this time. Yeah. Well, well, we all know a lot of animal people. I'm an animal person. Yes. When you lose your animal, it's very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And... Lorelai and Rory, like, their neighbors. That's their neighbors. Like, yeah, you show up for the people you love, mm-hmm. no matter what. And I think it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. We are now at the wake for Cinnamon. Everyone in Stars Hollow has shown up for this beautiful ceremony that they put together so quickly. And there is this moment where they're getting everything ready Everyone's coming in, and Michelle comes to deliver something to Lorelai, and he's trying to find Lorelai. Um, a man walks by in overalls and like a plaid shirt, and he goes, Yoo-hoo, yeehaw, man. Where's Lorelai? He, he's offended because he thinks Lorelai is having a party. And he wasn't invited. She says, it's not a party. It's a wake for a cat. And he goes, a cat? They lick they lick their privates, these cats. And he's like, this is... I need to leave. He leaves. When he leaves, Suki and Luke are coming and bringing in food for everyone. And clearly still upset over the interaction that happened at the diner previously. And there's this great moment where I think this has to be directing where they're filming at like an upward angle at the door Mm -hmm. and Luke and Suki try to walk through the door at the same time. And there's this moment of, you know, they're both coming because their love language is to bring food and to feed people. But Suki feels that she is above that because of like the quality and the training I'm sure that she had to go through for her food and not in a bad way. I just think Suki thinks she's a different level Mm -hmm. and they ram into each other. She finally gets through the door and says, we need to set up a flow of everything. And this makes me think of when I have, gatherings with my friends I like put everything out and make it look all nice and then Luke puts his food in the paper bags on the table and he goes everyone eat or come (laughs) and get it and that's it and people just dig through the bags and Bryn will just set out chips and dip in the actual dip container with a spoon and say have at it Mm -hmm. where I'm like it needs to look nice there needs Mm -hmm. to be a flow um so it's just funny to see that dynamic between the two of them. And eventually at the door is 
Dean and he comes in with soda and we immediately see this super awkward interaction between him and Rory. Mm -hmm. Even when we were watching it, you're like, oh my God, you're so bad at this. (laughs) She does not know how to flirt with him at all. Or even talk to him. Yeah, she cannot. I've been there though. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. been there. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, do you have a second? I really want to talk to you about something. And she's like, I really have to get back to the party. And he's like, oh, okay. And he walks off and she pauses and then goes outside, I think, to go after him. It's like she was almost going to watch him go away or walk away or something. And when she walks outside, she sees Max approaching her front door. And she looks at Lorelai and she says, did something happen at school? Did the school call you? Like, isn't that Mr. Medina? Why is he here? And this brings me to this whole discussion of why didn't Lorelai tell Rory about the date? Was she trying to hide it? But what's the point about hiding? I mean, Lorelai says to Rory all the time, we don't hide things from mm-hmm. each other. And here's Lorelai hiding a pretty big thing from Lorelai. Or Lorelai hiding a pretty big thing from Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind just, of almost how, like, Rory's hiding Dean from her. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, because Rory sees, or Lorelai sees Dean and says, oh, do you know him? And she's like, No. Oh, wait, yeah, he goes, he went to my old school, so I've seen him. But I go to Chilton now, and Lorelai's like, thanks for the update. (laughs) Like, yeah, I think I know. (laughs) But I just, yeah, I don't know. And, like, when Rory realizes that that's what's happening, I can't tell if, if she's disappointed, if she's surprised, What? Because she has, like, this blank look on her face, and she says, oh. I don't think she's pumped about it. No. I don't either. I think she's like, I'm already getting a hard time at school. Like, I don't even think it crossed her mind, although I don't know why it didn't, because she probably did hear that voicemail, unless Lorelai just never played it for her. I mean, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Something rubs me the wrong way about that. And I feel like her saying she doesn't want Rory to get hurt is like an excuse for herself Mm -hmm. to not be honest about it, you know? But yeah. So she shows up on the porch and tells Max she has to cancel the date. And he goes, I, I really don't want to pressure you into doing anything you don't want to do. And she's like, no, 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 I want to go on the date with you. I want to, I promise. And, like, basically making her beg Mm -hmm. to go on a date with him. And, yeah. Yeah, because he, but he doesn't believe her because she's like, well, I can't, I forgot about this date. It's not because I haven't been thinking about you. It's just that our neighbor's cat died. And he's like, the cat? Like, this is such a lame excuse. Right, yeah. yeah. And just like, I don't know. He's like pressuring her, but mm-hmm. making her feel like she's like blowing him off. And it's just that whole like, come on, man. 
Yeah. It's just like, what? Why do you have to try this hard to get a woman to go on a date with you? <laughs> like, what? what is this? Yeah. And it's not like they're old and time is ticking, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, if she has other obligations that come up, then other obligations come up. Mm-hmm. Let's not, like, pressure her. I think because he's been asking so much, like, trying to get her to go out on a date, mm-hmm. finally gets her to go out, he gets there, he knocks on the door, she's not answering, then finally comes over, mm-hmm. and is like, oh, sorry, I can't come. Yeah. I don't know. And he's just like, okay, you obviously are not interested. Right. Right. But you did notice something when Lorelai was leaving Babette and Maury's. Oh, yes. Um, Well, I've been sad (laughs) because the two previous episodes before this, we haven't seen Luke and Lorelai flirt much. So... Mm -hmm. This is the first time we kind of see that tiny bit of a thing mm-hmm. brought back up. So when he's over by preparing the food and getting the room ready, Lorelai walks away out of the room, and you, you can see in the background Lucas just watching her walk away. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I do too. But you wouldn't, they don't make a big deal of it, like direction wise. It's not like something that you would notice unless you I were watching. I didn't notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice it. And you pointed it out, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He does. It's like great. Mm hmm. Because now we know he's like he's still interested, and like maybe this happens more than. Mm hmm. I we think know. looking at the direction, I do like the little changes in this episode. Uh huh. And how they do different angles or, you know, your focus is on one thing, but there's still small things happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And I do like that. Um, I, I think the last two episodes have been really strong directing wise. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, directing wise, I haven't had issue with the show. No. But... Um, I do like these little subtle changes that we yeah. see. I just thought that was fun to get to see. I'm glad that they did that, mm-hmm. um, showed that. And it makes me do wonder a little bit, because there hasn't been much flirting, uh, did he hear her at the diner talk about Max? I don't think so. Because he does seem like he walks off and like leaves. Yeah, I don't think so. There are other times where she does talk about Max or men or whatever, Mm -hmm. and he does seem very put off by that. Yeah. So I in this instance, I don't think he is aware. It's just that he wanted to watch her walk away. Mm -hmm. He wasn't like worried that she was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We transition to this really touching moment between Lorelai and Babette. Babette is going through the medicine cabinet taking out all of the different medications they had for cinnamon. And she has this really sweet moment, and I wrote it down because I think it really resonated with Lorelai, where she says, now we need to figure out what life is going to be like because I'm not busy taking care of someone else anymore. And I do think that 
it reminded Lorelai of when she was talking to Max and he said, Lorelai, Rory is a big girl now. Mm -hmm. She can take care of herself. But I don't know if this goes back to Lorelai having wanting control of the situation or if it's just that it's always been the two of them. So it's hard to let go of that idea that someone else could be joining them or that Rory won't need to be taken care of anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think this really introduces that to Lorelai. The idea of there is going to be a point where Rory will not need you for every little thing. And what does your life look like now? Right. Because there is a give and take. Like, I think that is what any parent would say is not forgetting yourself either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't lose yourself in your children. Because, yeah, she will... The whole ultimate goal is so Rory can go to Harvard. Right. So, so what do you do once Rory is at Harvard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe she should be a little bit selfish and go on a date with Max if she does like him. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's just interesting... To see that parallel with Babette and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And this is such a sweet moment. I mean, Sally Struthers really, like, I had tears in my eyes mm-hmm. at, when she's talking about her and Maury living in that house. And she admits to Lorelai that she's really concerned that their marriage will fall apart now because she saw an Oprah, she said. <laughs> I saw an Oprah with couples who had lost a child and most of them ended up separated because they couldn't take the pain anymore. And Lorelai was just so shocked. She said, that's not going to happen to you two. Like you two love each other so much. She goes, I wish I could find something like that. And Babette kind of breaks the sad moment with like, what does she say? She says, Oh, honey, are you kidding me with an ass like that? Yeah. (laughs) You'll find somebody. And it's just, it's so sweet. I just, I love Sally Struthers so much. And they they share this cute moment where they are bonding over how different her and Babette are. Or how... How different they are, but how similar they are, too, uh-huh. in this moment. Because I do think Lorelai is starting to realize, I am going to have to give Rory up at some point, mm-hmm. and it is going to be a really hard transition for me. And maybe I need to have someone there, like Babette does, with Cinnamon passing. Yeah. We got to also shout out the other funny thing Sally did. When she was like, who's that hot man that <laughs> that came over in that that little hot rod? And the, yeah, that Mustang. Being that Mustang. And that jaw. She yeah. like, and she's like, right? He has a great jaw. And she's like, oh, how is he in the sack? Yeah. And Lorelai's like, oh, I haven't gone out with him yet. Oh, will, will you tell me when you do, like, how he is? And she's like, I'll call you during the cigarette. <laughs> so I, funny. And they get, have this big hug. Lorelai, like, bonks her head on the light. 
because, of course, everyone's been ducking through doorways. That house was built for Babette. Yeah. Before she even knew Maury. Mm-hmm. So he, she's like, ah, he had a few concussions when he first moved in, but now he's good. <laughs> so it's just nice to see, like, a sweet moment and remind us that Lorelai can be compassionate for people in her life. Because mm-hmm. I know we talked about in one episode... She is very selfish at times, Uh but this moment really warms you to her being like a caring, compassionate person too. She she does do, she does truly care about people. Yeah, absolutely. We now find ourselves in a valley of gnomes that what I expect to be Babette and Maury's like backyard, front yard situation and Rory's sitting there. Dean comes up and scares her again and basically says, I've been really bothering you. I'm going to stop bothering you. I can tell you're not interested. Basically mimicking what Max just did to Lorelai. Mm-hmm. He's letting her know that he's going to stop bothering her by bothering her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, okay, that's all I had to say. And then she's like, I am interested, but I got to go. And then she leaves. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And that's the end of that. Uh, Rory. And he and, smiles. Like, yeah. Oh, like, oh, yep. She's running off again, that girl. Yeah, I'm crazy about her. And I love how he was just like, I'm going to stop bothering you, okay? And then he like slowly turns around and slowly walks away. Yeah, like, waits for her to stop him. Because he knows she's interested. Yeah. So this is where we see the beginning of his manipulation, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, nope, I agree. And we then see Lorelai meeting Rory at the front door of Babette's and Maury's, and she says, we need to talk, sit down, we're going to talk about this, and tells her that She knows it's weird. She understands Rory is upset, but she's never felt this way or she hasn't felt this way about anybody in a very long time. And she wants to date him. Mm -hmm. And Rory says, it's weird. And she's like, I understand the weirdness about it. I had no intention of, I understand the weirdness about it. I had no intention of dating your teacher. And Rory shares her concerns. No one at school is going to high-five me over Mm. this. And part of me is like, your daughter is telling you this is going to suck for her. But you've never, you haven't felt this way in such a long time that you're willing to push aside your daughter's feelings in order to make it work with this man. Mm. And, And that's a little, I don't know, because... Then she makes, well, no, Lorelai's like, don't worry about it. I won't date him if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then like, well, Rory's like, well, now I feel bad because I don't want my mom not to have someone. So then, okay, well, I didn't say you didn't have to date him. Mm-hmm. But why didn't you tell me, she goes. Right. For somebody who constantly preaches that you don't keep things from each other, you're keeping things from me now. And they both are. Mm-hmm. Because like. Lorelai is like, you'll understand someday. You'll meet somebody and your head will get all fuzzy and, you know, have all these thoughts in your head. And, like, Rory's like, I have met that person. Yeah. But she has not telling Lorelai. No. And I think that goes back to our boundaries discussion 
from the first episode. There needs to be boundaries there. And Rory is going to have to be the one to set them. Mm -hmm. So they're both kind of doing it, though. Right. They're both, like, they want to know the other person's, but they don't want to tell theirs. Exactly. I think that's a relatable situation, Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did make a note that this argument is way more authentically Gilmore than, like, the sweater argument from episode three. Like, I can tell that Amy and Dan are, they fully understand, like, the full scope of these women now. Mm -hmm. And they're the way that they fight or disagree with one another, it's quick, it's funny, it's quirky, and there is a method to the madness. Yeah, because tell how many pop culture references did we get? Yeah, there were four four or five pop culture references in like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. And it was getting to the end. We're at almost the end of the episode here, and I was like, wow, we haven't had that many pop culture references. And then all of a sudden it was boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. Yeah. And that, to me, says they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because not once in that sweater fight did they make a pop culture reference. Not once did they make, like, a lighthearted joke in the middle of it. Yeah. Where Laura like does break the tension a few times. Because Rory says, who are you, Oliver White? And mm-hmm. she says... No, I'm, I'm, and she says, no, I'm Fawn Hall because she's prettier and it like breaks the tension for a moment and then they get back into the fight. Mm -hmm. And that shows more clever writing to me than the, your boobs are bigger. No, your boobs are bigger. This is a fun fight to watch. Right. Because sometimes fighting is just hard to watch all the time. And yeah, it's It's not cringe worthy. This is a good fun argument to watch unfold yeah but it ends with them basically accepting that this is going to happen whether rory wants it to or not Mm -hmm. we are at the end of the wake we have this really sweet moment where they're all hugging and i love watching alexis bladell like reach up to hug maury who's like two feet taller than a giant yeah And he just says, stay cool, Rory. And it's so (laughs) sweet. And we get back to the Gilmore residence. They are still trying to figure out where they landed on the, am I going to date your teacher? Am I not going to? And Rory kind of strings Lorelai along. Mm -hmm. Definitely leaning towards, I really want this, so please say yes. I really want this, so please say yes. And Rory ends up, going in her room and shutting the door and Lorelai's like, well, I'm going to be up for a while. So let me know where you land on the whole, should I, should I not thing. And the episode ends with Rory opening the door and saying, can you keep him out really late on Thursday? Because I have an oral exam on Friday that I'd really like him to sleep through. She says, I'll do my best. And that's where the episode ends. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Rory did it to appease her mother? I think pop. Yeah, partly. Mhm. I think she's I think if she did not have this exciting moment with Dean earlier where she tells him she likes him. Mhm. And like she didn't have like a Dean in her life or whatever, a guy she was interested in. Mhm. She'd be more upset by this. 
Yeah. But her mom being distracted by another guy is a good way for her to kind of explore something without having to share it with her. Mm-hmm. It's That's easy. True. Yeah, very true. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's me overthinking it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But... I forgot to mention that Emily does call at the end of this episode, too. Oh, yeah. And she um, says she's been trying to reach Lorelai all evening, all afternoon. And Lorelai tells her mother that they were at a funeral for a cat. Which brings us back to the opening of the episode where Emily says you need to go to your father's... Cousin's sister's funeral, whatever. Claudia's funeral. She goes, you missed your cousin's funeral for a cat? She goes, well, I didn't know Claudia. And she said, hold on a second, I'm looking up aneurysm in our medical dictionary to make sure that I didn't just have one. And then she says, and what's next? A raccoon's wedding? (laughs) And that's basically where that conversation ends. But... Um, as we look at this episode as a whole, really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Dan did a fabulous job. Yeah, we had a lot to talk about. There was a lot of different dynamics going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got back in the flow. Yes. We I mean, did. Deer, Deer Hunter, there is a flow, mm-hmm. the Deer Hunters episode. But this one. You can one, tell when it's a, a Paladino. Yeah. You just can tell. You can. Mm hmm. And I loved the directing in this episode. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really fun. Um, I loved seeing Babette and Maury's home and learning a little bit more about them. I think the show does a really great job of adding in like B plots without making it feel like a B plot. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just this is the town. This is what happens here. And as a viewer, I just accept it. I'm just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. But there are other shows where I'm like, okay, here's a B plot just because we need to add something in to make it interesting. I love it in this show. Me too. And I think it just works with the town and how things just move at like a glacial pace, but it doesn't feel glacial in the moment when you're watching it. No. I think we get something out of every plot that happens in the show. And it gives you something to linger and think about. And, you mm-hmm. know, just like that Luke, Luke watching Lorelai walk away. I was so excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's you think why I'm so glad that we're doing this because, and I've said it a million times before, but when I watch this every year, I just have it on. Mm-hmm. I don't sit always and just watch it. And this has really opened my eyes to a lot of different things about the show that I really love. And now when I watch again in the future, I will have different moments that I'll appreciate and and look forward to in these episodes. Mm-hmm. And I will skip Kill Me Now from here on out, you know, like that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's just been so fun to to look at it through a different lens than I usually do. Mm-hmm. But. For this episode, Cinnamon's Wake, we had 12 pop culture references. Now we are up to three jobs for Kirk. We had the DSL, the Swans, and now he is the assistant manager at Dozie's Market. 
And our next episode is Rory's birthday parties. Mm-hmm. And I love this episode. It's an Amy episode. I love that we get a Dan and an Amy episode, like, back to back. Yeah. So that'll be Me kind too. of fun to talk about, too, next week. So thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, let us know what you love to hear. Follow us... on Spotify if you're yep, on Spotify. We are on Instagram as underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. And we are now on TikTok with the same exact username. So we will be posting our pop culture references there, our recipes there. Um, so please, please follow along with us. We'd love to have you with us. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week for Rory's birthdays. Bye. Thank you.